This guest needs no introduction, but on the off chance this is your first time hearing about this man, I'll try to do him some justice. He is a voice of our scene through generations. You can spot him at virtually half of the top eights once they return, and if you go through history. Um, One of my favorite commentators, players, and just people in the scene, I am super excited to have him on. Without further ado, we have Tof. Tof, thank you for wow. being here. What an intro. What's up, dude? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. What yeah. about JD? Yeah, JD's fine. Thank you, JD. I'm, uh, yeah, definitely want to make sure it's clear. I'm not going to fanboy, and I, I don't think you deserve, <laughs> I don't think you deserve, like, K-pop status, but there's a little bit of, like, you know, when I was joining, you were the guy on top, right? Um, How do you, just to get it out of the way, because I, I know I already brought mm. it up and we're in this whole little bit. Um, mm-hmm. do you, how do you engage with that kind of dynamic of maybe people that you might see as peers, but because they've seen your content for so long, seen you on the microphone for so long, might put you on a pedestal of some sorts. Do you have a kind of relationship with that? No, it's not a, I don't know, man. I don't think of myself that way. And, um, uh, no, it's a good question. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm streaming every day now, so I'm talking to, you know, people in my chat all the time and, and, uh, you know, I just try to engage with them where they're at kind of thing, you know, like, um, I try to, I mean, I like one of the vibes that I want to kind of always put across is like, I want to be seen as relatable. I want to be seen as like, cause that's how it started for me. I mean, I was a fanboy of homemade waffles and Phil before me, you know, and then I became buds with them. So just you know it's just the cycle of life you know in yeah. all of life there's a rhythm yeah absolutely i mean i think that's a big thing at least in our community it's like you go to your first major and you're like oh my god that's uh the 70th best player in the world and and you're, <laughs> yeah. you're just like thrown into the wolves in that sense i know i was right. and it's just a funny thing to like kind of get in and then you as you get better you earn their respect it's a it's mm-hmm. a whole it's a whole thing that uh frankly i don't want to spend too much time on but as you know, someone who has you know engages it with myself, it's it's just an interesting uh, interesting little dynamic. But we'll brush past that. Mm. Um, uh-huh. You mentioned kind of when you were coming up, your homemade waffles, Phil. Those are the guys. Um, what was your like? What was your first tournament? Do you remember it? Uh, well, my first tournament of all time, like my first tournament ever was actually my first tournament ever was like a brawl tournament. Uh, on the University of Washington campus. I actually beat Vish at that tournament. We played Brawl. Oh, shit. Uh, I played him Toon Link versus Kevin Falcon. He didn't. He tried to use Melee. He tried to use Melee knowledge. Unfortunately, you can't play Melee Falcon in Brawl. That That is a fucking bottom-tier character. So. Facts. That was my actual first tournament. And then I, then you know, actually from that tournament, I kind of linked up with Vish and the other University of Washington Melee folks. And then we started going to locals. And so my first tournament was some local at game, uh, a game store called Game Clux in Seattle. Hmm. And then my first, I guess my first like major, not major, but I guess it would have been a regional was um, uh, we drove me and Silent Wolf and Eggs and my other friend Matt from college. We uh, we drove like 15 hours. Through, I've told this story a couple times, but we drove like 15 hours through a blizzard to uh, Alberta, Canada from Seattle. And oh, my God. Called Cast 4. Yeah. And that would have been in like 2008. That would have been in 2000. Yeah, because I started playing 2008. So, holy shit! That was my first. That was my first out of state tournament. Yeah, and worth it. Oh yeah, it was super fun. I mean, we almost died. Like we uh, we had an ice patch <laughs> on the road, and the car did a three sixty. I was driving, oh. and then my friend Matt neglected to tell me that you know the car actually did a four wheel drive. I just had to push a button to turn it on. So good of him to you know. But um, no, it was super worth it. It was crazy. Like I was so poor at that point. I had less than twenty dollars to my name. I bought a bunch of hot dogs at um. Safeway and I brought them up in a cooler because I didn't have the money to spend on, you know, Subway or going out or anything like that. So we just I just brought up a pat like a like a cooler full of hot dogs and that was everything I ate that weekend. Holy shit, that's some that's some real uh <laughs> that's some real smasher status right there. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's some uh going through the gauntlet. Uh right. Well money matches in those days were very real because you know, for me, you know, if you five dollar money match, that's well that's half of your net worth. So Word. Yeah, you gotta survive yeah. off those off those games. Word. Right. Okay, so two thousand eight, I mean, I I'm not gonna go into the historical where melee was. Clearly it was uh not as successful of a time. Mm-hmm. Um how did you you know, 
stay involved I, i'm sure there were infrequent tournaments but how you know how often were they how bad was it there were monthlies uh i don't think weeklies were as much of a concept back then so there were monthlies and they, you know they're 20 30 people like 30 would be a really good monthly hmm. uh so it'd be in like the teens or the 20s and i mean it was the kind of thing where like um a lot of it back then was like because this was like the dark ages. This was when Brawl was clearly the much bigger game. And so like there were some of the melee heads were trying to get into Brawl as a way to kind of make friends with the Brawl community and maybe maybe give, make them, you know, have a reason to give melee a chance kind of thing. So that was kind of a thing back then. Um, and then for me, it was like a lot of it was anytime there was like anyone who showed any interest at all, like as one of the... I mean, we were all scene leaders at that because the scene is so small. Every single person who's who's invested in it is is a scene leader. So, like, mm-hmm. anytime anyone would show any interest that was a new player, like, we would personally invite them over and, like, make them feel welcome and try to, you know, make sure they stuck around. Because, like, one person was a big deal. That was a big, you know, th- that that's a lot of growth sure. for, a, for a 20, 30-person scene. And so I remember, you know, there was this dude, Jeffrey, who um, – I met at the University of Washington and we played, I went to his dorm and I played with him and he started going to tournaments. And then many years later, he went, he moved to SoCal after he graduated and he actually joined Team Oxie and he was working with Blur and, and Squid and them on Team Oxy for a while. And so I was always kind of happy that like, you know, that was an example of like one random dude that like joined our Facebook group. He goes by, geez, I'm so bored. That's his tag. I don't know. I don't know if he's with Oxy anymore, but he, you know, you can see him in Twitch chats from, from time to time. And that was like, one person that like ended up kind of sticking with it and then he yeah and then he actually was hosting tournaments and doing stuff with team oxy so i was kind of like okay well that that's cool clearly i'm i'm happy that i kind of reached out to that guy and got him to stick around right you know so it's kind of you get you kind of when someone comes in you put all the attention on them yeah yeah uh, no you do yeah yeah you you uh you make them feel like they're you know on in the inner circle so that they feel like they want to stick around awesome and 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 you know we don't have the resources to do that now because there's so many new players sure uh we're not you know fucking reaching out to every single it's just a different scene now right but but, but back then you know that was that was just kind of how it was you know we were we were so tight-knit because there really weren't that many of us right and so i mean clearly it made a difference because when everything started coming up when i was introduced to it which was mm-hmm. when i was like it was like 2011 2012 when there were some viral clips going around and because mm-hmm. I played it as a kid, I was like, oh, this melee thing is super sick. And then obviously mm-hmm. the, the dock. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested, like, being kind of on the inside through that process and getting involved and in, in starting your commentary. Like, where? what's your timeline, um, I guess your come up, you could say, through that era? I, yeah, I mean, I commentated, um, well, I was friends with, I'll shout out all the people that kind of got me there. So Bobby Siege, who's now coach Bobby CLG, he was deciding the commentary roster for Northwest Manifest, which was a tournament we were putting together in Seattle and we we're flying out PP. Um, and then like Lovage and SFAD and West Balls and some of the, the Cali guys were coming up. So it was the first, first regional tournament we ever had in Seattle. Never, we never put on a, a real proper regional, like semi-major tournament in, in Seattle. So that was the first one we ever did. And, um, and so there was a lot of hype for the Washington scene. We had all these kind of, you know, foreign, uh, not foreign, but, you know, out of state, uh, with a lot of out of state talent coming to, to, to Washington for the first time. And so, uh, Bobby Siege said, you know, I know, Tof, I know you like to talk about the game and put you on commentary. And I had a block with Scar and it went pretty well. And then, uh, your first, Sheridan, your first commentary block or, or did you get your first commentary block with Scar? Oh wow! First commentary block was—I mean, I commentated locals and stuff like that. Okay, okay, that, okay. Right? But but I mean, Scar was—that was the first time I met Scar practically. Hmm. Um, and uh, me and Scar ended up commentating Northwest. Sorry, uh, yeah. So Northwest Manifest, and then the next year, 2013, we did NorCal Regionals together, top eight, and that was Sheridan, the Genesis head TO, who put us on for that. And since NorCal Regionals 2013 was on the road to Evo Circuit, uh, we had a really good block doing top eight of that tournament. So we had a pools block at. Evo that year. We didn't do top eight that year. We didn't do top eight 2014. Uh, but then by 2015, um, you know, Prague had kind of retired and, and and we were kind of like the next duo in line pretty much. So we ended up getting the top eight slot. And we'd been 2014, 2013, 2014, we did a lot of traveling. We were trying to get commentary gigs wherever we could take them. Jungle Guy helped put us on too because there were a lot of big Jungle Guy tournaments. Um, you know, big House 2 and uh, uh, Sweet, Super Sweet and tournaments like that. 
that we were that we were doing. So that was kind of our timeline. Was um, you know, our first block ever was 2012, and then and that was Bobby Siege that actually put that together from Seal, who you know works for Seal Gino. And then and then and then yeah, 2013, 2014. That was kind of our our training arc where we were just kind of trying to commentate as much as possible. Wow. And so would you yeah. guys? I mean, you guys traveled together. I'm assuming almost all the time uh, when you did travel. Did you uh, kind of pitch yourself as a like a package deal? Was it always like, hey, this is we're coming in together, put us on a block as a duo? Eventually, eventually. I'm not at first, you know. At first, mm. it was just kind of happenstance. But then, you know, I mean, well, we realized after doing NCR together, uh, you know, like, oh, like we actually have some. We weren't even very good friends back then. Like, I, I wasn't. Um, you know, I didn't know Bobby until we commentated together before we were really friends. And mm. then, um, well, then then we started talking to each other. And we were like, well, hey, we got some synergy. Let's let's. But we we you know we we have some stuff to flesh out. We talk over each other a lot because we we both have a lot to say. Mm-hmm let's uh let's figure stuff and we actually started talking and kind of refining it um and we'd kind of have little postmortems you know after every after every uh commentary you know tournament we commented we'd kind of chat with each other and say okay how you know how do you think that went what could we do better blah 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 um and uh yeah if, if you know before long we, once once we were uh uh, I wouldn't say we were a package deal so much as we would just, you know, I would just, I'd be like, yo, I'm kind of interested in going to this tournament. I hit him up and say, you're trying to go to this tournament with me. I'm looking to go into this tournament. And, you know, it didn't work like that for every tournament. Like I went to revival and melee six and seven. He didn't go to those. Um, mm-hmm. I went to ROM six and ROM seven actually with Daryl. We didn't commentate together, but we played, you know, both entered and, uh, Bobby didn't go to those. So there were definitely tournaments that I went to that, that he didn't go to. Um, and so, and you know, I, I think vice versa as well, but, uh, we would try to line it up, you know? Gotcha. And then when and then when we did, you know, the TOs would usually try to they 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 would want us on because because they they knew we had that pre baked in yeah uh, synergy. So you would okay. So you they they kind of knew that all right. Put them together. It's like multi- yeah. multiplication sort of deal. That's awesome. It makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. too. I mean, I think having a training partner in anything, a lot of people don't think of commentary as something that you could have kind of a training partner with, but. I'm sure mm-hmm. you didn't have that relationship with everyone you commentated with that you kind of were both in it. Like, okay, let's get better afterwards. Let's work on these things and have that knowledge base of what can we do better? I mean, has that changed? Do you have that relationship with anyone else now? Um, Not to the degree that I have it with Bobby, but like, uh, like, I mean, I will canonically talk with, or canonically, canonically is the wrong word. <laughs> I will uh, candidly talk with, you know, Whoever I'm comment, if they're down to hear it, you know, I'll, I will talk with whoever I'm commentating with uh, before and after, and kind of make sure we're, you know, in alignment. I guess you know, um, it really depends. I mean, yeah, at this point, you know, usually if I'm commentating, I kind of usually know who I'm commentating with. It does depend, um, and then you know, it, the vibe is always different based on what tournament it is. You know, sure. Summit has a very different vibe than you know, because there's four people on the couch, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm usually talking less at Summit overall because there's more people, you know. So there's there's all kinds of little, and and a lot of it is um, the vibe, you know, reading the room. A lot of it is like the the every event feels different. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's all super interesting to me. Um. Another thing that's kind of in that area on you know in the world of like coming up and getting your mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. licks and all that is balancing your career as a player um as many people yeah. know after the infamous slime tournament we could timestamp this a little bit um you're quite a good player and that obviously didn't happen overnight doesn't for anyone um right. i'm curious how that aligned with your commentary aspirations did they feed off of each other did you have to make a decision at some point to focus how did that work out yeah here and there you know there are definitely tournaments where it's like i gotta uh pick one or the other like there's tournaments where well, it really depends. Say a tournament like Genesis, you know, they'll book me for later on in the bracket where I'm expected to not really make it that far anyway. Mm-hmm. If I happen to make top eight at a Genesis, I might drop out. Or, well, I don't know. I, well, I probably just wouldn't. I pro- like a player like me is probably not going to make top eight at Genesis, but I might make top 64, you know? And at that point, like Big House was a good example. There was a Big House where I was scheduled to do a block with Fendi. And, you know, you usually have a backup commentator for those slots that you're not really like you can rely on so like there was a big house like big house eight or one of the ones recently where i was still in and then 
I had to play at the same time as my top whatever commentary block was starting. So they were like, okay, the backup's going to fill for the first hour and then, you know, play as long as you're in. And eh, so it's very case by case, you know, the different tournaments will have commentary corners that, that you'll, you'll chat with and you'll, you'll make sure, you know, you'll set expectations. Am I more of a player of this tournament? I'm more of a commentator of this tournament. But when I was coming up for sure, I think it fed in with, it fed like the, the aspirations fed into each other because I just love the game and and for me like I the 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 part of me that loves um, talking about the game is like I'm, I'm just really into the game's mechanics and kind of what drives player interactions and and how you know why melee is such a deep game right and and so mm-hmm. like exploring that as a player is actually a very similar drive to me as exploring it analytically. Um, it just feeds, it, and I think a lot of people are like this now. You look at a guy like Squid who started commentating much more recently, mm-hmm. but you can totally tell that he's got that same enjoyment for nerding out over Falco laser interactions or whatever on in his gameplay, and then he and then he's down to talk about that stuff, you know, when he's commentating as well. And 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 he's kind of it's kind of all yeah, it's the same drive at the at the end of the day. So yeah, log- logistically, sometimes you do have to pick and choose. But I think from a you know if 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 I think for people like me. And squid, and you know, I think if we could have it our way, you know, we would be just doing both all the time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later. We have some uh, specific questions about that dynamic, so uh, we'll put a pin in that for now. Um, I want to keep on this kind of your storyline, your history of this. So we kind of talked a bit up to around 2016, 2017. Um, once you were kind of maybe more of a lock for the later top eights, the bigger tournaments, all of that. Um, Mm. Did you ever feel the sort of dynamic, let's say um, this might seem a little extreme, but like the hungry box effect, right? He was on top, so to speak for so long that there wasn't anything to really push for. Was there any of that with where you were? Did you feel like you reached a peak? Do you, was there any sort of uh, a slow down of that? drive not nearly as extreme as someone like hungry box probably because it's not like you're not like you're being ranked or anything like that it's not like you feel like you have something to really defend or whatever but like yeah i mean yeah to a certain degree i i think there definitely was a period maybe in the mid like 2015 2016 period where i didn't feel like i was necessarily innovating on my commentary that much Hmm. um well maybe that's not even true actually maybe that's not even true because i actually do think there were some really great tournaments being bobby commentated in in those years like evo 2015 i think we did a really good job Mm -hmm. Uh, MLG, Anaheim, what else? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, kind of, but, um, yeah, I always, well, whenever I have that, whenever I have pangs of that, I try to recenter it on, like, the game, you know, like, I try to mm-hmm. remind myself why I'm, why I like doing it. At the end of the day, if I didn't want to commentate, I would just stop doing it. I would, if I wanted to enter more and stop commentating as much, I would just, do, I would do that, you know, mm-hmm. or if I just wanted to. So for me, it's, there's never any pressure. And I mean, you know, it's not like the, it's not like the pay is good enough in, in melee commentary that that's what keeps you in it. Right. So it's sure. like, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing it cause I want to. And when I feel less passionate about it, I just try to remind myself what got me, you know, excited about it in the first place. And yeah, right now I'm really liking just the state of melee in general, so it's very easy for me to stay excited about it. Like any all of the all of the recent tournaments, everything involving Mango Zane, IBW close behind. Like yeah, if, if you if you're watching melee in 2020 or 2021, uh, it's it's a very exciting kind of time just just from the gameplay alone. Yeah, so, honest uh, sick segue. You must have read my mind because that was. I mean, we are going in uh, chronological order, so we. <laughs> We, uh, we were going to talk about eventually, but yeah, I mean, the current state of the game, I totally agree. Super exciting mm-hmm. from um, someone like me who's into like making content a bit, playing a bit, commentating a bit. There's a lot to dig into from mm-hmm. that perspective. Um, clearly, the world is in the shitter. Hopefully, we get right. to, to come back to IRL events and really, really shine, you know, get back to some it would sort be nice, of yeah. normalcy, but... Mm-hmm. Um, based on, you know, let's say Slippy coming out with rollback to mm-hmm. today, early 2021, um, what, I guess I'll break it down first into what have you, um, been most proud of in your own development, your own career. And then I guess we could talk a little bit about the, the community as a whole. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been focusing on full time content. Like, I, I quit my job. You know, I'm not not doing software engineering right now. So yeah, awesome. Just, um, I'm trying to well that the streaming and also YouTubing. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah, I've been putting a lot of thought into kind of the vibe I want my YouTube to have. Um, I'm I, I I really like the uh, the style of YouTubing. I guess I like thinking about when I do a stream like how it's going to be as as evergreen content as opposed to something I'm just doing at one moment. Sure. And I actually don't think a lot of Melee people are kind of thinking that way right now. I think the closest person might be Leffen mm. um, out of the streamers who are... Like, if you look at Leffen's YouTube, like, yeah, Leffen's, like, Twitch, for example, he doesn't have the sub numbers a guy like Mango has, but his YouTube is very well... Like, it's very... The videos feel like they're, like, Leffen was actually planning on making a video instead of right. just being stream highlights. Um, so he's kind of the guy that I'm... Out of the Melee people, he's kind of the person I'm kind of molding my YouTube after. Um... And, uh, yeah, I've just been trying to kind of do that as an, I'm trying to treat that as an art form, you know, I'm trying to get better at that. I'm trying to, uh, uh, because you could be, you know, just like anything else, you can be good at it or bad at it. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, if I'm the first step for me was decide if I even liked it. Mm-hmm. That's what I told Ludwig when I first started out. I told Ludwig, well, my first step is I'm not even trying to get sustainable right now. I'm just trying to decide if I like it or not. If I like it, I'm going to try to get sustainable. Right. And excuse the interruption. <laughs> this she's a a monster, so I need to Look at look at her. <laughs> um But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's uh, you know, I I I um Yeah, I'm trying to treat it like uh, like anything else. I'm trying to get better at it for myself, not not for any kind of external extrinsic uh, reward or, you know, I'm trying to, uh, and, and I feel like I've gotten to a place where I'm getting a little more comfortable with my style and, um, and it's been a fun new challenge and I'm kind of pursuing it. And it's cool because, you know, for a long time I was like kind of thinking to myself for like for years, I was kind of like, man, I wish Melee had more of this. Right. Um, and now I'm kind of like, well, I mean, if I, if I don't do it, like how many other people are, you know, like who else? Like, we need, Melee needs content creators. Like, we need a couple people kind of, you know. Melee needs a couple people in its corner. So I'm like, okay, well, if I can try to be one of those people and get some self-fulfillment, you know, out of it as well, then, uh, then the, you know, everybody's, everybody's out, everyone wins kind of thing. So that that's kind of where I'm at. Awesome. Yeah, and, and on that front, like, do you, how long did it take for you to realize, like, okay, this is something you could keep up like this is something that you can keep improving at and, and make it into a, a sustainable solid career probably when i hit like 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 for example metagame weekend was really big for my stream i was getting a lot of a lot of viewership mm-hmm. which made sense because people you know people leave the metagame stream would end at 6 p.m or whatever and people would have you know they'd want somewhere to go um and i was uh yeah that was when i first hit like 500 600 subs 700 subs and then i was kind of like okay this is like now I'm actually able to pay my rent with this, you know, like if, uh, if this keeps up and I can keep this growth going. So it's like very, very recently, actually. Yeah, yeah. That was like two months ago. Right. That was like two or three months ago. So, um, cool. And then getting monetized on YouTube, which took, which took a long time, by the way, that takes, yeah. <laughs> turns out it takes a really long time to get monetized on YouTube. So yeah, it was the kind of thing for a while. I was like, yeah, I don't even know if, I don't know if this is going to work. Like I, it's. You know, everyone know like Ludwig, when Ludwig started getting into doing streaming full time, right? Like he was very spe- purposefully trying to avoid being thought of as a, as a smash person because it is hard to make, uh, make it huge, make it big even as a smash person, unless you're already like one of the top people. Sure, like, sure. Like a guy like Mango. So, yeah. Um, I want to stick to the melee vibe. Like I want to try to, I want to believe in melee, so to speak, but, um, yeah, I mean it's tough and it's a decision I have to make, but it's it's uh, yeah, it's what I love, so I'm gonna keep doing it. That's awesome, man. I, you're definitely um, kind of repping a lot of the people out there that go back and forth um, as to whether this is something worth pursuing with kind of a full heart and kind of realistic expectations, or maybe not. I mean, it's sometimes it feels like the only time that we're allowed to take a risk is if every everything's hedged everything has a backup plan everything has like right, a guarantee right, right. or a path and so um obviously content creation as a whole has that level of risk and then there's only so many people that are doing what you're doing and it's awesome that it's so far it's seemingly to work out really well and um just want to give you props for that and obviously hope that it keeps going um mm-hmm. And kind of, I I, I want to stay in this space a little bit. This is the the real juice for me as a 
fellow content creator and doing kind of my own thing. Um, where do you feel like the the gaps are in melee in the in the atmosphere we're living in? Um, I know what you do is a little more of you know you, you give your perspective, you kind of deep dive on topics, you give that evergreen kind of thing. Other players like IBDW will give. Uh, like a snippet from a stream talking to different people, you know, there's different people doing different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think is maybe not being done at all? What do you think's missing and could kind of be included in the pack? Like what do you think's missing in kind of the landscape right now? Yeah. It's a good question. Um, hmm. It might be an impossible question because we just haven't seen yeah, if I knew, I would just do it, you know? <laughs> if I knew, I would just do it. Um, hmm. Actually, beginner, actually, probably the one thing I do want to do straight up is beginner-oriented content. Mm. Like, uh, my, my thing lately has been like, okay, so there's a lot of new players and Slippy and stuff like that, right? Like, a lot of people trying it because it's got way better netcode than Ultimate. A lot of old kids trying it, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, Slippy Tadpoles, they call them the Tadpole, the Tadpole Generation. Oh, I, latest wave. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I always feel like, okay, once you hit your first big combo, I've said this on stream a couple of times, but once you hit your, like, once you do a combo for, like, 70%, you do Dare Shine, Dare Shine, Forward Smash with Falco or whatever, mm-hmm. I think you're, you're you're already a smasher at that point. Like, you're, you're locked in. Like, it's the game is so addicting, you're going to play Melee probably for the rest of your life. But getting people to that point is tough, and I think playing a very new game where it's very difficult and there's an, and you have to just humble yourself and realize there's an execution barrier. Well, not everyone's going to put in that work, and not even even knows how. So, like for me, uh, and Leffen's doing some. You see, you see it with Leffen and his girlfriend Jenny, like um, Garmikilma. They're doing content. Here's a brand new melee player. Mm-hmm. Here's her path. She's entering tournaments. She's practicing on stream. It's funny. It's it's inspiring. Right. It's you know, it's a great great series they're doing. So for me, it's the same kind of thing. I want to do more content like that. I want to make new players feel like they at least have a roadmap if they want it. And if I can just get, if we can get the average new, brand new player to get to the level where they can hit some sick combo or some sick movement or whatever, then we'll lock, they're locked in. They'll be locked in for life. But yeah. No, I th- we got to get, we, yeah, I think there, there needs to be more of that. A lot of the tutorial content, I think in the melee community right now, if you take a look, 99% of it is for people who already know how to wave dash. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the stuff that like breaks down uh, uh, the frames of the situation, which for me is like, I'll devour that type of stuff. Like the, the micro melee series, um, when Walt does his breakdowns, the name escapes me of the exact thing he does, but goes frame by frame of like as one combo, you know, as an experienced player, I can watch those in succession. I totally understand like, okay, maybe someone just entering, they're not trying to deep dive into that. Um, one thing I've noticed is that uh, the kind of, I don't know what to exactly call them, like the the gloom shot, the Peng Boys style um, videos that kind of, which which has its niche. I'm happy that it exists in some form. I mean the the monetization might be a little tricky, and sometimes they might get in hot water. But realistically, like a collection of sick combos of the day, those are constantly bringing in new people. I mean, I know a ton of people that are just gamers that are PC gamers, and they just will watch melee videos. They're just in the algorithm. They devour the the nun combos, the Moki combos, all that. Do you think there's a, a direct pathway from someone getting into the combos to like, oh, maybe this is something I can realistically do? I know you kind of covered it with like, how do we get them in and, and give them that? But what do you think it is that unlocks that sort of moment, that like eureka moment of this is possible, I can get to this point? Is it just more exposure? Is it showing new players on that path is it another zero to hero series like what do you think right i mean i'm not even that concerned about that because again i think that like people who uh the people who watch that stuff like whether or not they think it's like whether or not they they know or seek the realistic path to being able to play like that themselves like i think at that point they're in you know and and that's and i'm the most concerned about growing the scene i'm the most concerned about growing the scene so like you know i'm 
I don't necessarily, but, but, but at the same time, you know, if that's, if that's, uh, you know, what they want to do, um, I mean, a lot of it is just like mentality, right? Like a lot of it is just like, I mean, you know, in my day, whenever I would see someone do, like that, that's what, uh, people always say that about like the arcade era of fighting games. Like the cool, the cool thing about that era and like the fact that Melee started as a very offline game was like, you know, you would see these players doing these things and you would say, well, shit, I mean, he's right there. He's doing the thing. Like I can do the thing. Mm -hmm. What's stopping me from doing the thing that guy's doing? So, I mean, I think some people just innately don't think like that. Like, I think there's people who get too caught up in, uh, like, oh, I'm never going to be, I'm not that talented. I'm I'm never going to be blah, blah, blah. I got the wrong head start, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I mean, I think 90% of it plus is mentality at that point. Hmm. So. I think that's. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. The, the average, I mean, for me, you know, is is always, you know, looking into these little things that you could do in Melee was always with the intent of like, okay, well, I want to be able to do this in tournament, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So at least, you know. I, I, uh, I, I got to think about it and. <laughs> And, and develop my own opinion here. I'm, I'm just kind of talking out sometimes, like, what mm-hmm. I even feel. So who do you play? Foxman. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing where with Fo- Fox is a nice character because I always feel like it's... I feel like the more execution-based a character is actually, the, in some ways, the easier it is to get good with them because you can always work on your execution. Yeah, and it's that rewarding. I mean, I started off as a Sheik main, and I remember, like, thinking, okay, I got to grind. I got to grind. This is how... <laughs> this is how bad it is. It was like, I need to... Go off stage, rising nair. I need to practice edge guarding spaces with rising nair as chic. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it over and over and over and over again. I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is an important tech. This is boring as fuck. So I just hopped over to Fox. I'm like, you know what? Not gonna switch mains. Just gonna learn how to wave shine. And mm. learning wave shine over like three or four days. I'm sure you remember your <laughs> your first wave yeah, shine yeah. as well. That mm-hmm. that's that moment, and it just kind of yeah. See. So I think it clicks differently for different people. Like, I think Spacey's have that. That's why there's so many Spacey players. I think yeah. it is very, yeah, it's the reason people play musical instruments. Yeah, okay, music sounds good. But, like, the other thing is, like, when you play the piano well, it feels good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this tactile sensation, and it feels good. And I think Fox and Falco and characters like that do have that, where, you know, it just feels good. And it and it, and it's it kind of, it, there's this reward center in our monkey brains that, uh, you know, we see the wave shine happen, and it feels good and sounds good, and, and we want to do it more. Yep. I don't know. And, uh, you know, any Puff mains out there, I'm not trying to give you any propaganda. There might be some Fox (laughs) propaganda (laughs) going on, but whatever. Stick to your guns and then switch when you're a year in. Switch to Falco. I don't know. Um, Okay, so content is definitely – I'll try to to sneak out of it, but I I am curious Mm. your opinions on kind of other people getting into it. So one of the biggest barriers for me starting out was I always felt that I couldn't project my own opinions. I couldn't make content unless it was like fully ironic and like a comedy thing until I had developed the skills to back it up. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, it feels like that kind of barrier has gone away. Like you don't necessarily need to be... Uh, uh, you know, making top 64, making out around two pools type of player to have your voice heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still kind of this murky area. So uh, we'll talk about it in the context of commentary in a bit. But in terms of content, um, how do you feel someone should go into if they're like, I want to make melee stuff, I want to make melee videos or melee podcasts? Like, what do you think their relationship to their play should be? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think that it's it's the kind of thing where I think there's this great big fallacy that that's always thrown around. It's the appeal to authority thing. I feel like melee players are so bad about this, where it's like, mm. you know, Ginger says one thing, and it's like, okay, well, Ginger's really good. We got to, and then but then someone, but then Leffen comes in or whatever and disagrees with him, and it's well that he's a better player, so he's right. Sure, you know, it's always it's whoever is the best player has the last laugh when it comes to who's. But it's like. I mean, your favorite top players are wrong about things all the time. You know, I was, I'll give you a great example. Actually, ironic, I bring up Leffen. Leffen actually, uh, we were, we were, uh, we both noticed this, but PP was commentating, PPMD was commentating a Fox match at um, LACS, and he said, you know, Fox double shine Falco at the ledge, uh, that's going to lead to a guaranteed kill because the the Falco, the the momentum from the shine stacks, you get knockback stacking, and it's going to send the Falco further. So that's not really why that happens. The real reason that it leads to a guaranteed gimp 
is because uh, the double shine helps prevent. Uh, it's actually within the 10, ten frame window from from for not backstacking. Uh, it actually is just it just happens to be the case that the, the double shine helps it so that the falco doesn't bounce off the ground so they they plummet they don't bounce and go up. And you know, and I lo- I was looking at that and I was like, hey, you know, PP, that's a top like literally she, he used to be the best. He was like the best player in the world for a second. And like you know. Okay, well, you know, and I'm not saying anything about PP specifically. I'm just saying this is an example of, hey, top players are not always correct. You can be correct and be worse than somebody. Like, that happens all the time. It happens to me all the time. You know, people call me out. They say, hey, you said this thing about Ice Climbers or Luigi or some character that I don't know as well. You were wrong. And I'll be like, well, you're right. I, I, I'll look into it. Um, Where I'm going with this is I think there's a lot, actually, of... um. I do think it's true. I think that a lot of people are too torn up in the, in the melee community about the fallacy of, you know, whoever's better is correct at the end of the day. That's the person you got to listen to. But, like, if you look at, for example, um, someone like Shy PF who posts all kinds of really cool Falco tech on her timeline, um, you know, I don't think she's, like, a really known Falco player, but, like, she's got, she posts great Twitter threads on little, like, uh, Falco technology that she discovers, follow-ups off of throws, you know, combo routes, like new combo routes, new ways to use shine and shield pressure and lasers and things like that. And uh, they're very informative threads. And, you know, on what, I, I mean, to give you a classic, yeah, this is another classic example. It was funny because she posted one of these threads. Ginger came in and had some disagreements and then Leffen actually came in and defended her and said, no, I mean, I, she, you know, she's saying this is a, a, a true 50-50 and, and, and she's backing it up with, with, uh, with the data. So what are, you know, and then they kind of got into it, but it was like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you know what you're talking about, if you know what you're talking about and you have something to bring to the table, like, you know, uh, how do I, how do I say this? Like there's an objective truth, right? Like if you have some new combo you want to, or some new thing that you think is good, if you're correct, you're correct. A lot of the times it just so happens that the better player will kind of know better because of their experience. But that doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, Joe Schmo, but you found some new sick thing and you want to talk about it or you have some sick content. You know, I think there's all kinds of people in the Melee community that are relatively small time until they found their little calling or their little niche and they're blowing up because of it. You look at people, the people who did like the Akania build, right? That's, you know, Uncle Punch. And like no one really knew who Uncle Punch was and before he started working on his training mode um, uh, hacks, which are obviously incredible. So like, you know, I, I think totally there are all kinds of examples in the melee community of people who are really bringing their own unique niche to the table. As long as it's good, you know, if it's good, then people will listen and people will pay attention to you. Yeah. At the end of the day. I'm glad that you uh, came out with encouragement. And it makes total sense. I mean, I, I totally agree. Most often, you know, the first things we see are uh, when, I, when I discover someone new that's posting cool stuff, it's like because a top player happened to be like commenting underneath it or retweeting it or something. And that's just that's in any scene. That's how clout works. It's unfortunate, but that's like you clearly have to prove yourself before you're going to have everyone's eyeballs on you. Um, but, you know, no one's saying, oh, all right, post a slippy vibe. Let's see if I believe what you're going to say. Um, I'm glad that that dynamic as we've expanded and as we've kind of grown and matured. It's just more about the thing rather than really the person behind the thing. I think we've I think we've gotten a lot better at that, um, and that kind of brings me into the the commentary field. I want to talk. You know, I'm going to pull one of these lightning round questions and and make it more of a longer topic, um, specifically back to the relationship between playing and commentating. How do you feel the relationship should be with someone let's say they are a good speaker they're someone that's naturally good in front of a microphone or they're comfortable or whatever it may be that wants to get into commentating melee because they love the game what's the right balance of that person's trajectory should they have those aspirations of being a player like like what should they do kind of thing yeah like what philosophy would you Mm. instill in them yeah okay I totally think you should still be a player. Yeah, I think that it's like, um, I mean, most of the good commentators have some chops. Like, I think it's just, I think you should, like, there's no reason not to is the thing. Like, I just think it's not even like you have to be a good player. It's just, you know, going back to the, the logical, like the the appeal to authority thing. You don't have to be, it's not, it's not like, oh, you have to be a good player to know what you're talking about. It's more that like, if you love the game, I almost think one, 
there's just a very natural alignment there where if you love the game enough to love commentary, which is like that's going to be the predictor of if you like if you're if you're good at commentaries, do you love doing mm-hmm. it? And do you have that love for, you know, what like melee that you're going to bring to the table in your commentary? Well, if you have that, you would probably it, it just kind of goes without saying that you probably would love to play as well. That doesn't mean you have to or whatever. It doesn't mean you have to become an amazing player, but I just think there's no reason to. Like un- until you're at the skill level where like you actually have to decide between dropping out of tournaments to commentate or not. Like, there's no reason not to. You might as well. And, um, and yeah, I think it will also add a bit of if you're if you if you're concerned about this sort of thing. I think it also certainly adds cre- it adds credence. It adds credibility. Like, if you're if you're a good player, um, it will just be easier to book gigs, right? It'll be like people will pay more attention to you and stuff like that. So I think from a logistical standpoint, it also makes sense. I totally think you should just do both. Yeah. I mean, also just like, you know, the way you get into commentary usually is you go to your locals and you commentate them. That's what I did until you get noticed. And then you have enough of a reel that you can send it to apply to a regional or whatever. And then so on and so forth um, all the way up. Right. So like at that, to that degree, it's like, like why? I mean, you might as well, right? You got to go commentate something. I, I know it's all online now, so it's a little different. But point stands. You got to commentate something. You might as well be. Um, you might as well have as much of a stake in it as as you're willing to. Otherwise, people are going to notice and they're going to realize you don't actually like it, and they're gonna, they're, you know, like they're gonna feel like you uh, you're not authentic or whatever. And if you really do authentically love the game enough that you want to commentate it, it, it it usually just it just goes hand in hand. In my opinion, just from what I've seen, and, and and this is specifically talking about like a grassroots scene like melee. I realize that it, I think that in other esports and things like that, I, I do think you have to make that decision earlier. But I mean, hey, even then, when I when I used to watch like freaking Overwatch League, my favorite, all my favorite casters and people who work the desk were the best players. So right, yeah, I definitely think melee is unique in that um, because there's no real top down support. It's all. That's just another way of saying grassroots, but I try to avoid that word. It's, it's used a lot. Um, basically, it's kind of, you know, you come in and you have to be entrepreneurial in a sense of what you make out of yourself, what you make out of your local scene and, and all things like that. Um, I think with commentary, it's a very, um, it's something on the forefront because when it comes to like players coming up, it's binary. It's did you win this set or did you lose this set? It's that's what makes you you know get into the top eight and get to the next set and get your your name out there and all that it's it's straight up results um and with toing it's almost way in the back of that spectrum of like nobody sadly knows most of the tos that are doing all the work to put the tournaments together until until they like get the proper accolades and shout outs that they deserve but commentaries in this weird thing where you could be in your first opportunity at that regional and for whatever reason it you're you know that regional is um you know the gang go you know the gang in in Philadelphia or, or and then all of a sudden you're commentating the set that is going to go down in melee history and mm-hmm. you know you're maybe out of your league or you get a ton <laughs> of criticism or you know that happens all the time though that happens all the time that's just how it is i mean it happened to me right what in in your first tournament in the uh northwest or when was that yeah no it, i think it happens in, like okay i mean the dark side of all this is like okay i mean because me and scar had our a huge amount of this like people hated our commentary like people would they, they didn't really know us and they said you know we didn't talk about the game enough and all this stuff that i mean what i want to tell everyone is like if you do it for long yeah you will get a lot of flack from shitters and twitch chat well, maybe, maybe that's even gotten better. I mean, I kind of got into it in, in kind of a, you know, 10 years ago, it was a very different scene. I think people are a lot more overwhelmingly supportive and positive mm-hmm. now. Um, in my day, there was, you got a lot of flack, people on Reddit talking shit about you, all this stuff. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, you keep doing it. Eventually people, it's like the way memes work. You're like annoying until it's like, (laughs) like people will think you're annoying until they realize like you're kind of here to stay. And then they're kind of like, well, let's, let's, uh, you know, if I like this person and then I'm, then I'm on the inside, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of investing early, you know? So Mm. that's kind of the way people look at it. And, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have some thick skin. Um, and, and yeah, you're going to be put in those positions. Yeah. Me and Bobby did. You know, when we commentated PP at Northwest Manifest, when we commentated freaking Armada versus PP in pools at Evo 2013, and people at that time probably didn't think we were 
the commentators who should be commentating those sorts of sets. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to treat it as an opportunity, just like anything else. And even if people don't like it, that's okay. Like, like people will come around. People will come around, you know. You just gotta like, you gotta remember why you're doing it. It's it's about the art form. It's about the, uh, you gotta get that intrinsic value out of it. It's not you're not doing it for, you're doing it for you at the end of the day. So yeah, you gotta remember that. I could definitely attest to that. I'm you know I, from the the few tournaments I was able to commentate in the recent era, um, it's mm. always like a bit of a high afterwards. Like you get off and like. Like, oh shit, I'm actually kind of tired and need to drink a bunch of water, but like the adrenaline's pumping and, and if that doesn't hit you like that, if it's exhausting during it, um, I think that's more of a sign that maybe it's not for you rather than criticism coming from the outside. Um, I, I think that's totally spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of last question before the lightning round, which I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm selling up way too much, but hey, whatever. Um, Someone in, you know, th- that's trying to come up now specifically, not like in this last couple of years, but straight up quarantine, like no tournaments, IRL, um, that's trying to get into commentary and, and get into the scene mm-hmm. in that sense. It feels like the, mm-hmm. the opportunities are so much more bare and way less present. Um, right now? Yeah, right now. So how would you how would you recommend someone like develop the skill set rather than waiting for locals to come back? How how would you see someone at least starting on the path to becoming good? Not not known necessarily, but I mean, good. Add commentary. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at it from the other side. I realize it feels that way to other people, but like I'm in I'm in I'm in a DM with Brandon Homemade Waffles, who runs Rollback Rumble every week, and a couple other people. He scrambles to find commentators every week. He's like, hey, if anyone's got some free time this Friday, I need commentators for Rollback Rumble. Like huh. there is a need for it. People just aren't looking. I swear to God, because like who are, who are the big melee commentators? Me and Scar, and then okay, and then Vish and Chillin, okay. Brandon Lovage, you know, you know, Lovage doesn't even commentate everything, right? It's usually Summit and. Uh, squid, but like, aren't there few? Aren't there way fewer prominent commentators than there are f- prominent players? Like, from my side of things, I'm looking at. There's a huge need for it. Mm. There are still tournaments online. People need, you know. Uh, I mean, I just think that like, um, and the thing is, like, you know, if one of us can't make it to a tournament, like, you know, when Tio's book commentators for tournaments, like, there's a short list of people that they want. It's a short list, and like, if one of us can't make it, like. That's when me and Scar did. We just got in. We started commentating stuff. Eventually, Prague retired. And then we started getting, you know, and, and, and the, so there's this kind of like, it sounds shitty to call it a hierarchy. I mean, I, that, that's like the way to think about it, I guess, is there's kind of like, yeah, the people that TOs want to hire first, whatever. But yeah, there, I mean, there really is a lot of a need for it. Um, you know, from, from, from my side of things, I like, I, I swear to God, like, you know, yeah, it, it, it is hard to get in, but it's also like not because like, it just kind of happens overnight. Like you start doing it. And you're like, oh man, like I'm not getting any, I can't, I'm not making any progress, like blah, blah, blah. But then like kind of overnight, like it's almost like becoming a good player where it'll, it, it won't be this kind of gradual line like this. It'll, it's like a step function, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of like, and then you're like, boom. And, and then all, all kinds of exposure. And then all of a sudden you use that and, and, and now this is on your resume and now you're going to get more tourney gigs and stuff like that. I mean, I really do think that, there, that there, there's a need for it because like, you know, I mean, I've just seen what it looks like when, when TOs try to book commentators and like a lot of the time they're kind of like, well, who the, who the hell do we get? You know? I mean, it's, it's not everyone's free all the time. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I'm that's, that's so fascinating to me. It's, it's a, it's a unique dynamic, I think um, within the scene. It's, it's rarely the case where people are scrambling to get, um, another player it's like all right how many of this pool of top 100 can we get for our tournaments and you kind of hungry hungry hippos it and then whoever comes comes um clearly mm-hmm. a different dynamic for the for the commentators and especially when it comes to the top eight like you don't want to have um an iffy top eight or or people that you don't know or maybe mm-hmm. the worst case scenario of two people that are are well known but might be just a terrible match like the few people that just for whatever reason don't sync up i'm sure there's a lot of challenges there as well um kind of selfishly i want to ask you like what what is the barrier stopping more people from joining that pool is it the skill level of the actual commentators like 
Is it the fact that they're not well known, so you can't rely on them to deliver the finished product? Or my theory is that once you kind of hear the person's voice more often, it becomes mm-hmm. that sort of like you you mainly become synonymous with the top six, top eight commentators' voices. For a while, it was Prague. Now it's you and Scar and Brandon, Phil, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Like, what is it that's stopping? that pool from expanding and maybe relieving some of that problem. Um, I think skill of the commentators is certainly part of it. Like, I think that, uh, like, how do I put this? Like, like whenever I hear a like commentary that I'm like really pleasantly surprised by the commentary, like lo and behold, that person just ends up being someone who comments. Like I feel like if there were truly great commentators, like okay, if there were if there were great melee commentators, where they're really bringing something fresh to the table, um, and I heard them, and I was like, damn, this is the, they're saying they're saying some good shit right now, and then they're like not getting gigs or whatever. Like I, I would be surprised. I just feel like they're they're. I feel like if if you're good at it, like. You know, if you're authentic, if you're if you're if you're knowledgeable, if you're if you're like you know, if you've got a, a good vibe that 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 chat like you know that, that people listening like, um, um, I I do feel like you will people will you want that they're like it's not it's yeah I get that it's much more subjective than winning a tournament right mm-hmm. playing it's very uh sorry objective like playing it's very objective the better player just wins like the best player wins the tournament and then the next best player that day gets second and third and so forth well commentary is a lot more subjective i get that but at the same time i do think that there is there are standards that we can that we can judge commentary by and i think that by and large like good commentators end up sticking around i've i've almost never heard an amazing commentator and then i never heard from them again like like when i'm like damn this person's saying some really good shit right now they usually stick around and i also think that part of it is just like uh, you know, I follow this guy. In, well, actually, he's, he's a friend of mine at this point. But if if you know Visa, uh, VisaCon, he has this great quote that is like, "You can't think your way out of a courage deficit," which is like to say that like mm. a lot of the time people overthink this kind of shit, and you just gotta you just gotta fucking let it rip, right? You gotta you gotta just like do things. And like I think there are a lot of people that they kind of impose these self. They say that it's like, oh, I don't have the connections, I don't have the money or the time or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you really want to do it, you'll find a way to make it work. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people are not just in commentary, but just in whatever. Like, I think people are scared to pull the trigger and I, I, like straight up, if there was someone who really wanted to get into commentary and they set out and they, they said, you know, I'm going to seriously, you know, do, do the work and try to try to commentate some small tournaments and work my way up. And I'm going to make it known that I'm commentating. I'm going to reach out and kind of brand myself on Twitter and, and so on and so forth. Like, like by the end of the year, I promise you, they would be getting they would be getting at least gigs at like, you know, regionals, medium sized tournaments. If it, on in the online era, you know, they they'd, they'd be getting blocks on rollback rumble tournaments like that for sure. I think. I just I just feel like if they were actually like, um, I don't know. You look at someone like Vel, Velparia. Like Vel uh, is like she's like the melee VTuber, right? I don't know. I I I don't really know her backstory, but I assume. She was like, huh, I like VTubing and I like Melee. And, like, I'm just going to, like, do it. I'm going to be, like, a Melee VTuber and just see how that goes. Mm. And, like, yeah, she's, you know, I mean, she's only got, like, a couple hundred followers on Twitter right now. But, like, she just ran this big tournament that Hacks won and it was this kind of really positive thing. And, and uh, yeah, she's just kind of doing her thing. Like, how many people are doing that? How many people are actually identifying a niche and saying, like, I really want to do this thing. But, like, uh, I don't know if I should do it, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Like, I think that's most people. So I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I just think that people got to, you got to take the step. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that I like letting it rip just as a kind of overall tone. Just if you have an idea, just go with it. If it works, it works. Not whatever. You don't have much to lose. Um, and the kind of cream rises thing I think is uh, fairly accurate and, and pretty optimistic. I mean, talking to some other commentators this week, spoke to Fendi the other day and he kind of had that approach where he went to like a tryout he literally went to audition yeah. and they told him like you don't you don't know shit about the game right now but you have these certain qualities that you know you can't really teach a person and so when it comes to like anyone else it's it's really a matter of i don't think it's a matter of talent necessarily but it's a matter of like you know develop the skill develop the voice 
um, something you've repeated a few times. I'm really glad you did is, is like being comfortable with your voice, like being a firm, Mm -hmm. not putting on another thing, but like having that connection to kind of your identity, your soul in a sense, and allowing yourself to share that through the game. Um, that's how I think of like a good commentator or the, you know, my, the, the ideal of what a commentator is. Um, and you know, there's so much to work off here. I'm just going to go right into this lightning round. If you're ready, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So for all of these, we don't have any crazy graphics. We're very low tech, but, um, we're going to see if we could get like a dirty 30 seconds on most of these questions if you feel hella inspired, I'm not going to cap you, but if you can get it out quick, that's going to be the goal. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Yeah. How do you personally deal with criticism, valid or not? <laughs> this is lightning? Man, this is like a real question. Yeah. Uh, how do I personally deal with it? I have gotten very good over the years, uh, if I do say, I think better than... I think I think people like me and Scar are ninety nine percentile, no lie, at taking flack, parsing the shitty, hateful stuff out from the the like speck of actual good criticism, and absorbing the good criticism and not letting the flack get to us too hard. Awesome. And you have to you have to learn how to do that as a commentator because people will talk a lot of shit. Absolutely. Cool. All right, keep it going. If you could pick something else to be known for instead of commentary, what would it be? And that's not just melee. That's anything. Chess? Yeah? Yeah. You want it? Okay. I mean, hell yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good game. It's a good time to be in it, too. Very exciting game. Yeah. Watch my tournament, February 6th and 7th, <laughs> featuring Mango Left and Ludwig. A plug. Hell yeah. Um, cool. How much does it matter to set the stage before a set? It matters a lot. That's why I let, but I let Scar do it. Okay. So just, if that's a strength, lean into it. If not, it matters a lot. Yeah. The the whole, I think one of the major things, like one of the, like one of the North stars of my commentary is when I watched Brandon homemade waffles commentate, when I was getting into melee, I felt like I could feel like I was in the room. His commentary would bring me into the room. Mm. And so when I commentate, I want my listeners to feel like they're at the tournament, even though they're not, even though they're at home. Hell yeah. And I think that setting the stage is one way to do that. Or or one of the things you need to do, rather, to to, to do that, to establish yeah, that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, you might have already answered this, but um, what is a game that you have not commentated but have interest in doing? Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, yeah. Have you been on the grind with that game? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's interesting. Okay. And that's why I haven't commented it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, here's a here's a short one. It's but it's sweet. Why do you commentate? Oh, I mean, yeah, I think it's just uh I think Melee's a dope game. I like talking about it. We had Mango on for the Mango Scar and Toast show, aka Mango and Pals yesterday. We talked about Melee for like two hours and it's fun. We talked we said we could probably talk about Melee for like we could keep going for like twenty four hours probably. Just keep talking. About it. It's just fun to talk. Hell yeah. Um, okay. How good do you have to be at playing to be a great commentator? We kind of spoke about this, but yeah, that's my answer. It's like, um, it's like the wrong, this question mixes up correlation causation. Does that make sense? Um, explain. Being a good player is correlated with being a good commentator because usually if you're passionate about commentating, you would be passionate about the game anyway and it'd be fucking weird if you right, weren't. Right, right, That's not causation though. That doesn't mean you need to be one to be the other. Gotcha. Okay, I think that's really well said. But I think it is, to me, it is weird when I see someone who seems to love commentating. My initial gut read on people like that is like, why aren't, why don't you play more? Like, you like this game so much. Like, shouldn't you be, like, what's going on there? So I, for me, I'm kind of like curious about that. Gotcha. You know. But yeah, they don't they don't have to one doesn't have to mean the other or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And last question, you don't have to make this a lightning, but feel free to do so. Okay. When do you think commentary shines the most? As in what is peak commentary? Uh peak commentary, you kind of know when it's happening. So like Mango versus Zane and Big House uh was was a great example of this where it was kind of like, wait a minute, we're actually living a very special moment right now, and like we better do our 
best work to amplify the moment as much as possible. I think peak commentary can't happen without peak gameplay, first of all. But, because it's all about the game at the end of the day. But, and you know, you got, I think it, it helps to be able to identify when that's happening because it's like, you know, uh, like I said, every set and every, every tournament, every uh, event has its own kind of vibe. And I think peak commentary is when peak melee is happening. So, man. And serves to amplify that. <sighs> you, you gave me some, some answers that I couldn't have picked it out better myself. I, we're coming up on mm. an hour. I think that's all I have for you again. I hope you like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, th- thank you so much for coming on. I, this, yeah, absolutely. This, this hour flew. I could talk about melee content, the game and commentary for hours, but for mm-hmm, the sake mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of your time, my time, everyone's time, we'll cap it here. Uh, but if you have, okay. if you have any parting words, Feel free to plug, but I'm sure you're not getting too much traffic from uh, <laughs> from here outside of. No, I, well, got. yeah, no, it's you know my Tof BBQ with no underscores, my YouTube and my Twitch, and you know I just just all the all the support. Uh, I've been getting you know uh, a pretty nice.